That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Popecast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. All right, welcome to a very special episode of the Popecast. This episode, we talk about Goodfellas, which if you know me at all, and if you're listening, you probably do, you know that Goodfellas was a movie that I talked about, me and my friends talked about constantly throughout college. Way too often, uh, we were constantly talking about Goodfellas. We watched it, you know, a dozen times or whatever. So joining me on this episode is Polly, Rob, and Allison. We share a love of Goodfellas, and they know all of the quotes and all of the stupid things we used to do and say around this movie in college. So who better to talk about the minutia of Goodfellas than the four of us? This episode got really long and kind of out of control, so we, uh, we had to break it up. So this is a two-part episode. The first part ends after a lengthy recasturbate section, and uh, the second part is where we do the how much are they worth game and all that stuff. So check out part one of Goodfellas. Never rat on your friends, and always keep your mouth shut. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Hey, Mom, what do you think? You look like a gangster. I know I'd go By the time I grew up, there was 30 billion a year in cargo moving through Idlewild Airport. Believe me, we tried to steal every bit of it. What do you do? I'm in construction. He's not Jewish. Mazel tov. For most of the guys, killings got to be accepted. Hey, Henry. Here's an arm. Very funny, guys. Here's a leg. Here's a wing. <laughs> what do you like, the leg or the wing? For us to live any other way was nuts. <laughs> and we were treated like movie stars with muscle. We had it all just for the asking. It's going to be a good summer. <laughs> it was a glorious time. by violence on the streets where the violent have power a new generation carries on an old tradition all right good fellas assholes uh here's my fun explanation of the plot uh the story of henry hill and his life in the mob covering his relationship with his wife karen hill and his mob partners, Jimmy Conway and Tommy DeVito, in the Italian-American Crime Syndicate. I couldn't think of a, a less descriptive way to talk about this uh, uh, movie. That is ridiculous. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So what was your overall reaction to the movie when you saw it? What were you thinking? Did you have a preconceived notion? Where were you? What, were those, what was the scenario when you first saw this movie? Anyone? Well, Brendan, like, I, should we say for context that, you know, we all met shortly after the movie came out, like within, what, 18 months or so? Yeah. And I, I don't think I saw it unless I saw it with one of you. What? I was going to say, I feel like I watched it. I don't think so either. I feel like I, I watched it. I think it was like a Kobe movie or something. Like, it was in between Rattle and Hum and something else that we uh, <laughs> squeezed it in. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I watched it in college, and it might have been with the three of you guys. No, it, it came out in the what the summer or the fall of 1990. I'm not saying I saw it in the theater. I know. Is my point. No, I'm. I know. I definitely didn't see it in the theater. Really? 
Holy I can, yeah, I, I know that for sure. And I can tell you that in my junior year of high school, I wasn't going to three hour crime dramas. Oh, I also was. didn't hit the height requirement. Bing pow. Uh, yeah, I definitely saw it in the theater. I don't remember where, but I know because I was into three hour long uh, gangster dramas because I had seen Godfather 3 in the theater that same year. And let me tell you, there are two vastly different movies. <laughs> I think that there's such a um, like cultural momentum that built up after this movie was out there for a little bit. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. I always place it like in my cultural memory much later than it actually was, you know, a, a movie. I agree, but yet I also feel like it was, I feel like it was made in the late 80s and not 1990 yeah. or whatever. Like I, it just, Technically. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, no, it was. And it came out, you know, like it yeah. just felt like it would have been an older movie to your point, but. So to Rob's point about it getting momentum afterwards, like not, yeah. not in its release, uh, Goodfellas uh, made the 34th most money uh, in the theaters that year. Uh, well, one one fact I noted while yeah. and into everything, this movie apparently in pre-testing scored some of the lowest audience test scores of any movie that a studio had t- uh, tested. Yeah, it was too violent. It's so brutally violent at the time, which I was actually, we should come back to that because I, I just watched it actually today again and it is more violent than I remembered it. Yeah. Uh, um, we'll, we'll address a lot of that in the fun facts area of this. All right, all right. Uh, but I mean, the point of like this idea that it wasn't well received, it didn't make a ton of money, uh, about doubled its production budget, but it was um, still, I mean, wildly acclaimed critically and obviously nominated, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, one of the things with its release and how much money it made and how popular it was or wasn't, uh, and I had to look this up two or three times because I didn't believe the number. It only made $46 million, um, uh, at the box office. Wow. And that was all, effectively all domestic. Like, it only made 48000 in international. Yeah, but it only cost like 23 or $25 million Yeah, make- but like, like, there was yeah. no international, virtually no international yeah. release of it. I mean, that's what, that, that's what that number says. Which is like something out of the 70s or 80s. Right. Like it's, that's crazy. We don't like those Chinese to later. <laughs> well, it could have done well in Italy, you know. Come on. Uh, okay, so Rotten Tomato scores. What do you guys think the audience gave Goodfellas? Oh my gosh. Hmm. We, we typically say that the audience does higher than the critics, but we've been wrong four to five times. <laughs> <laughs> I Paulie's got to kick this one off. Can, can it get a hundred? Is that a possible score? There yes. are a few hundreds. I forget which which move. Uh, I would probably give it in the ninety. I'm going to say ninety-eight. Ah, god damn it! Audience. Oh, audience score. Yeah. Okay. Um, I was Polly. You were on my line of thinking. I'm like, okay, a hundred, but. 100 has to be hard, so where would I dial it down to? And I, yeah, cut it down a few. And what if they go to 98? I'll go 97. I'll price this right, your ass. Nice. Wow. I'm going to say 90. 
Audience gave it a score of 97. Oh, Ooh. yes. So, based on that, what do you think the critics gave it? If it was more critically acclaimed than audience acclaimed, Nashy. Well, if there ever was a movie where these would be really close, yeah, this has got to be it. I mean, at the time, it was called Scorsese's best movie, and that's quite we'll a... We'll come back to that later. But. So, you're doubling up 97. Oh, I, yeah. You know, I'm going to go 95 for the critics. Wow. Holly? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 94, and hopefully that's the number, and then I can come back right at you. All right. I was gonna say 95. Critics gave it a 96. Oh yes. Damn it! I was gonna say 96. It was one off of either side. Damn no. you. 97, 96. Everybody who saw this movie loved it. Loved it. I mean, I I would love to see a list of movies that are you know ninety five and above for both because it's got to be short. So we showed this to Liam five years, <laughs> years ago. Three years ago, man. So he would have been Un, unedited, like oh, yeah. full on everything. Okay. Yeah. So he was 14, 15? 14 or fifteen, yeah. uh, and instantly he's like, "Oh, it's my favorite movie ever." Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I, I, I just need to find an illegal cigarette operation. I'll be on my way. First, first he told me to go fuck myself, but he said it's my favorite. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's, I mean, great movie. Uh, it was nominated for all kinds of Oscars, but it didn't really win a ton of Oscars. Or look in hindsight, I can't believe it didn't win more. So let me run through some of the the main uh, categories for the Oscars. You know, I'll tell you, <laughs> some of these surprised me. Uh, best picture, the movie that won was Dances with Wolves. I mean, fine. I don't even know if it's arguable. I mean, the greatest travesty of all time, right? What? Dances with Wolves winning that group of or winning that award with that group of films. Well, there's only a, uh, so who I else? think, I think it could have won. I, I don't think yeah. so. The other now, I actually have the other nominees. The other, I mean, I don't know if you want to pause here, but, um, so, um, the Godfather part three was nominated that year. You know, ridiculous. That's, but, but you know, again, in retrospect, that's a pretty strong movie. It, it had some bad performances, but how dare you we won't get into that. Um, ghost, ghost, right? Which I think. Hello. <laughs> um, dances with wolves, and then awakenings. Right. Oh, really? Awakenings. I didn't realize that movie was a best picture nomination. I actually oh. just watched it like a week ago. Yeah, it was on TV. It's uh, it's it's all over these. Hmm. Yeah, Ghost, Awakenings, Godfather Part Three, Dances with Wolves, and Goodfellas. I think it's hard to say Dances with Wolves shouldn't have won, but it's easy to say Goodfellas should have won. I don't. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah. It's a point, I mean, Dances with Wolves is a okay film, but um, yeah. How how do you, when you look back and when because he did win a Best Writer, correct? Goodfellas won more awards that year than Dances with Wolves, though, right? Yeah. Overall, um, let me run through this real quick. Uh, so best direct, best picture, Dances with Wolves. Best director, Kevin Costner, Dances with Wolves. Uh, Scorsese for Goodfellas was in there, of course. 
Best Actor, Jeremy Irons for Reversal of Fortune. I've never oh. seen that. I don't know what that movie is. De Niro was up for Best Actor, didn't win. Costner was up for Dances with Wolves. Uh, this is Supporting Actor, Pesci won for Goodfellas. Um, Lorraine Bracco was nominated as well. I'm not there yet, dude. I said actor. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I thought you, I thought you were done with the <laughs> nominations. You are hopped up there, yeah. Roddy. I'm rain so, it, rain it in. You normally get me with three more glasses of wine in me, so I'm... <laughs> I know, I know. Too much caffeine in the system already. Uh, so Dances with Wolves also had Graham Greene in the uh, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, I don't even know who that is. Is, is that the... Uh, the American Indian guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, best Supporting Actress, Whoopi Goldberg won for Gold, for Ghost. She, like, okay. Come on. That might be the greatest. Yeah. Lorraine Bracco for Goodfellas didn't win. Annette Benning for The Grifters didn't win. Oh, she was really, I would have picked her. Yeah. That was well, an awesome movie. Mary McDonald for Dances with Wolves uh, in there. And then best screenplay based on material from another medium. So best non-original screenplay. Screenplay. Dances with Wolves won that. Goodfellas was in there as well with uh, the screenplay from Nicholas Pileggi and uh, Scorsese. So all those nominations, great. We won one. <laughs> no. But it also is, you know, in, I think, you know, non- I guess sanctioned awards are those that come, you know, outside of the Academy. Like in 2005, it was rated the number one movie of all time, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it's arguably the best movie from one of the best American directors ever. Right. And best actors ever. The, the collection. Yeah. I mean, he, a movie, the best movie that De Niro and Scorsese ever did together. I guess you could argue over a couple, but this is probably it. Is it the second best gangster movie ever after Godfather? No, Godfather 2. Come on. Ridiculous. <laughs> so it's the third. It's no, the I, third. I, I, I'm, I'm with Polly. This movie, I don't, you could argue, I guess, but it, I think it interrupts two. Between them. Yeah, it interrupts two and one. Yes. All right. Uh, we will be fighting after this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Godfather 2, Goodfellas, then Godfather. I would agree with that. Oh, I put, then he, I put both of them over Goodfellas. The, the other thing, uh, just... Well, no, then Bad Boys. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. of course. Anything with Martin Lawrence. <laughs> and then the Irishman coming right up behind it. <laughs> Go ahead. Nothing. <laughs> All right. But so, so the, that is, you know, the one thing that was interesting about, I think there was a lot of initial sort of, uh, not outrage, but um, shock that, that Pelleggi and, and Scorsese didn't get the writing award because there's just so many memorable lines and so much, you know, sort of creative scenes. Um, but I think as time is kind of worn on this might have been more widely known but there was so much improvisation do you really consider that a great script or just a good story you know yeah scorsese was saying that he was rewriting as he would let them just 
improvised and just really sort of play off each other and then they rewrite it and then, okay, this is the better way to do it. And it must, I mean, do you have a a timing on how long this movie took to, I mean, it it wasn't a huge budget, but uh, I'm sure time-wise it probably took a while, right? I didn't see the time frame. I mean, I'm sure they rewrote dialogue and stuff and did that with the, uh, the improvisation uh, uh, aspect of it. But I'm, I'm currently reading or listening to the uh, audiobook for Wise Guys, and so much of what's in the book is on the screen. It's yeah, pretty faithful representation. Well, I would say there's a there's huge exceptions to that though. But like like Polly, I think I saw the same thing. He he would hold formal rehearsals of the scene as written, but he would encourage them, you know, to to improvise. And if they like Paul said, if they said something better, Pelleggi and he would go back that night and rewrite it. Um, but you know, there's certain famous things like the, you know, you think I'm funny. Yeah. That's a Pesci story that has nothing to do with any of these. Yeah. Real life people. yeah. But, with, but they with did that, the, 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 the final thing though, they'd said is Pelleggi said almost all the narration is very close to a quote. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's super close. The thing I read about the, the script is, so the script called for 70 uses of the word fuck and the final release had 321. <laughs> and they said ha- half of those were Pesci. Yeah, yeah. So he, he accounted for like 160 fucks and maybe he only had, in the, in the script, maybe he only had like 30. So he, he, went, uh, he went overboard with that a bit. The previous all-time record was Do the Right Thing at 240, like the year before. And yeah, Goodfellas was well over 300. (laughs) All that's Pesci. I love that. Well, I think, you know, just looking at the the nominees for Best Picture, I think there's been such a change in terms of how the Academy looks at Best Picture. So many of those are mainstream movies like dances with wolves like was like any audience any age pretty much was watching that movie it was just like this epic film and it happened to touch on a subject that you know made the academy feel really good about recognizing and they tend to do that and oftentimes then in hindsight they really miss the best picture that is um, has more of a societal or social impact either on culture or yeah. on, you know, whatever. Um, and now it's kind of flipped where it's so many independent and non mainstream movies that probably if that would have happened now, Scorsese would have been more likely to yeah. have gotten, um, recognized than, um, then, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and we mentioned this before, but the violence, this was the most violent movie ever nominated for Best Picture. I got it. I think they had to take some scenes out that had like certain amount of blood in it that they had to take it out in order to get the R rating. Well, if I, if I remember during correctly. the test screenings uh, in the opening scene when uh, Billy Bats is in the uh, uh, trunk and Pesci stabs him seven times and the audience, like members of the test screening audience walked out. So it was too intense. So they, 
whittled that down in editing to four times on screen, but only three, like three more were in audio. You could hear right. them off screen. Right. Uh, so we still got stabbed seven times, but uh, right off the bat, instantly it's the most violent, violent movie you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> in the first and it, <laughs> I, I do really want to, one section if we can, Brennan, is try and like articulate your most dominant emotions or thoughts when you first saw it versus like your most recent viewing. And at least for me, they were dramatically different. Oh, Hmm. All right. Well, hold that. We'll come back to that. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to throw out a handful of fun facts. So you guys can augment as you like. Polly, uh, you had a bunch of music stuff. Do you want to get into that now or later? Uh, we, can do it later i think i mean you're the you're the boss but uh whatever uh however you feel you want to shoehorn it in sort of i put this into fun facts but uh the music was a huge part of this movie obviously um scorsese like had the music in his head and written down for like three months before production started and they were shooting and like editing editing or structuring scenes in real time so that it would co- coincide with the music that was playing on set even. Um, and that this was his most expensive movie for Scorsese, uh, partially because of, or largely because of, the cost of buying all that mu- th- those songs and that music for this uh, movie. And so my question is, when I was watching this movie just yesterday, right? Uh, which... Which song would you say is the theme song of the movie? Is it Tony Bennett, Rags the Riches? I think that is for the first half. Or is it Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones, which is probably more for the third act, I guess, mm-hmm. or second half, at least. Is there a theme song for this movie? Well, I, I, you have to nominate the coda portion of Layla. I guess so. The, I mean, the, the piano trills at the in, end of the movie. Yeah. I think it's rags to riches. I mean, come on. When you hear that, yeah, just that part right there, Yeah. you think Goodfellas. You don't think of anything else but Goodfellas. That's playing over the, right. uh, the, the title. In the yeah. Part. Right. I think that's the, the, the that, theme song, right? Yeah. I think that is, yeah, I would agree with that. Even, even the music in the, at the end is more, um, a a part of the period. It's not an overarch. I don't think it's an overarching kind of, uh, description of the, of the film. Right. Right. So when I was, Uh, but Paul, in prep for that, I, I, because I heard you say that before I watched it. And so I paid a little bit more attention and the ink or uh, the attention to detail on it is insane. Um, Cause I was, I looked up the song that was playing in the jukebox when, when Billy Bass gets beat up in the bar. Right. Don- you know, Donovan. Yeah. Yeah. It's Atlantis by Donovan. And you're like uh-huh. all these like parallels that you could draw, you know, it's not what it seems. And, but it it was like they they obviously like you said Brendan didn't just like think of what 
what music will make will go well with this scene. Yeah. It, it was almost like, okay, I have this song, and how am I going to write the scene to use the most of it? You know? Yeah, and Scorsese uh, not only just picked songs he liked or things that you know worked with the scene, but he had a I think the only rule he had with the music was that it had to be available at that time. Like it had to be of that time or before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't like if this, the scene was in 1969, he could, he would not play a song from 1972. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, an easy rule to have, but uh, it, everything totally fits the period. Paul, you might've checked this when you were looking at it, but I think I read that there's like 46 individual songs oh. that are in this movie. There's a lot, and there's a lot of, uh, I've never heard of this band before, but when you hear the song, The Crystals, it's like one of those, like, you know, uh, lady, lady bands rock. back in the day. Yeah. Um, lady bands. Lady band. Yeah, like like a, uh, like a the, the war, you know, the, sort of the, the, the girls that would get together when the guys were over, you know, fighting the war, they were putting these bands together to, like, cheer up the troops or whatever. That like kind the of, Andrews you know, sisters. Yeah, yeah, which I love, by the way, but... Uh, <laughs> There was a lot. There was a lot of that, and maybe that's just the the sound of the sort of the times. I don't know, but um, yeah, I I really as I was just going through the music, it's like you just hear any of these songs, and some of you don't even remember what the name was, or even who even you know was the the artist on it. But you're like, Goodfellas, I remember it in that movie, and yeah. it's so iconic. It's pretty crazy. Well, even if you buy the soundtrack on, uh, I'll, I'll say CD, uh, the there's 20 songs on there, but there's, there's 40 or 50 in, in the movie. Like yeah. even the, the soundtrack you buy doesn't contain all the songs. It's, it's right. Crazy. But there are definitely songs from the soundtrack that I've like gone from CD to, you know, downloading and you know, now putting up in the cloud that I still carry around because oh, yeah. I remember them. Like Harry Nielsen and, um, you know, during the, the manic Sunday, scene at the end of the movie is like I love that song <laughs> and it's because- yeah. so I think we all know a lot of the extras that were cast were actually connected guys uh, they would uh, they were real uh, they were tied into the mafia in some way right um, and the, uh, with that they all had fake social security numbers yeah. so they don't I read that really how their paycheck like how the paychecks and how they got their money actually worked because they were all like mobsters like they're they weren't gonna pay them to the table really, yeah. who knows you know except for their birth certificate and their rap sheet that's right there's no record there's no record that existed uh whenever you see de niro flashing money in the movie uh it's likely real because he was carrying around uh five thousand dollars in cash on set yeah that's and and apparently at the end of each day nobody could leave until they counted back the five thousand dollars oh my god to make sure that people didn't walk off with it de niro is insane when i was looking at the cast i knew uh catherine scorsese so um his mother was tommy's mother but I didn't know that his dad yep. was Vinny. So Charles Scorsese is Vinny, which you're like, who is Vinny? When they go, when Polly uh, goes to jail and the guy is cooking up the old guy that's, that's cooking with them, um, that's, uh, Who's that's Charles yeah. Yeah, Scorsese. The old guy with that's the glasses. That's yeah. Scorsese's dad. Well, and, awesome. and 
and Papa Scorsese's in is in the scene where where uh, Tommy gets whacked too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, is that with the cane? Yeah, he didn't pull the trigger. Exactly, he didn't pull the trigger. He was standing behind him. Ah. So the other famous uh, improvising uh, that we all know and love was when they visit Tommy's mom after they kill Billy Bats, and they're going there to get a shovel or a, a whatever, uh, and she sits them down and makes some food, and you know, showing them her painting uh and tells her the story uh shut up you're always talking yeah uh i didn't i'd seen that we've all seen that painting even online it'll come up in your facebook feed or whatever uh uh, t-shirts and mugs and whatever i didn't it was a painting based on a real photo that was in the november 1978 issue of national geographic i had no idea that that was the well, and the painting was actually done by right. uh, Pelleggi's mother. Right, right. The one yeah. that was in the film. Yeah, I, I'm a proud owner of a copy of that painting, I think, uh, due to one Paul Greffinson. <laughs> I, I have it in my bathroom at my office. It's hanging <laughs> above my toilet. I had it on a bed. <laughs> the other thing that I, I really liked about that, I found out about that scene that was improvised with Scorsese's mom and everything else was that they didn't tell her what was happening in the story. Right. So she didn't know that they just came back from killing Billy Bats and that there was a dead body in the car. She just was told your son's coming over for dinner. You haven't seen him in a while and you're going to make them some food. And so that's why she, like, it was just this whole you know, innocent, you know, mother who had no idea. He grabs that, the knife. Mom, yeah. I got to borrow this. Yeah, yeah. She had no, she had no idea what was going on, which I thought made it really authentic. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I love it. That's, that's some of my, my favorite dialogue is from that scene. And I, I mean, we, we always, I mean, it's, you always sort of focus in on the, the hoof part. Cause we, you know, we repeated that, you know, every second of every day. But my my second favorite, and maybe even more than that, is when he's talking to his mother, and she's like, "Why don't you get yourself a nice girl?" And he's like, "I get myself a nice girl every night." She's like, "Why don't you settle down?" He's like, "I settle down almost every night. Then I'm with you. I love you." And it, that scene right there is just it kills me every time <laughs> I see it. Because De Niro is like losing it too. He's like laughing, and then he gets mad at at Tommy there. So that's that's a good one. Any any interaction with his mother is actually pretty good. It reminds me of a lot of. I mean, if you've had interaction with old, like, Irish grandmothers or or uh, Italian grandmothers, they're always looking to feed you. They always want to sit down. They want to tell you what's going on. I mean, it's just it's so uh, iconic and fits yeah. perfect. Rob Nash? Uh, could you repeat the question? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> going to see if you had something to add. That's it. In terms of... Well, one thing, because I don't know where this fits, but I, I got to say, after, um, you know, as I'm watching the movie and then as I'm kind of doing the, the readily apparent, you know, research, I was like clicking through hyperlinks because I'm like, oh, yeah, what is that backstory, backstory, backstory? Yeah. Well, the, the movie I want to see made is of one Marty Krugman, a.k.a. Maury in the movie. This guy's a real guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And his involvement with with Burke and all of the you know real life gangsters, so to speak, that are represented in the movie, 
is so interesting where he was sort of connected, but not connected and benefited, but never at risk. And he was a real operator. Um, and the only reason he got connected to any of them is just because his uh, hair salon was near um, uh, Henry's bar. So it's like, it's so crazy, this guy's background. And the fact that Scorsese, did you see that he hired the um, owner of a small um, business in New York who had TV commercials, you know, local TV commercials, because he wanted him to like art direct Maury's wig. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. In, in uh, you know, in the movie. And, uh, but this Marty guy had a, did have a wig operation that did advertise consistently. So even Maury, who's kind of like, I thought always thought of him just sort of like an amalgamation, you know, um, yeah. he, that's a very specific person. Yeah. It's a real guy. And, uh, in the book, he's very similar to what he is on screen, kind of a dope, but, uh, uh, <laughs> connected in all kinds of ways, like on accident. Um, but he was he was running numbers at his business, right? I mean, he's yeah. he's he's, yeah. he's a sports bookie basically. But yeah. uh, and then his cover is you know the wigs and all the other bullshit he's into. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. When he yeah. when De Niro wraps that phone cord around his head and the, the wig, wig comes off, and Ray Liotta cracking up is the greatest. Well, it's, it's, I was watching it this morning. I'm like, it's almost like, cause Henry Hill and, you know, his laugh and throughout the movies kind of over the top. Yeah. Even that one, you're like, oh, he's really cracking up sort of. <laughs> and it's such a violent act. Like any normal person would be like, whoa, this is crazy. He's like laughing hysterical. Like he's never seen something funnier. Look at De Niro. He's like really, he wants, he's trying to kill him. He's, yeah. He, he will yeah. him out right there. And right yeah. <laughs> Really, always laughing like a madman. Uh, okay. Um, oh, this. So, right after Goodfellas premiered, uh, you know, one of the, at the end of the movie, you see the 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 tag at the end of like who's doing what and you know where they are in jail or they died this year or whatever. And it talks about um, Henry Hill still being in witness protection program. Sure, when the movie ended, he was. As as soon as uh, the movie premiered and it was out, like, he was out and about it doing all the talk shows, talking to everybody. He, like, outed himself and was kicked out of Witness Protection Program because he was Johnny Celebrity all of a sudden trying to get uh, his 15 minutes of fame. And we saw him on the Howard Stern show a bunch right. of times. Right. He's a maniac. Well, I actually think that, like, you know, as you mentioned, you're reading the book, you kind of realize that Henry is, and there's a certain extent of this in the movie, but he, he's a relatively low level sort of operator right. yeah. in the whole thing. Um, but, but the, um, oh God, I'm sorry. I just lost my thought. <laughs> low level hood. But the movie, I mean, the oh, movie. Yeah, but I mean, but I think he was a survivor, right? He knew how to navigate the world and he got connected and was in the right place and all of those kind of things. I think the fact that he had to go into witness protection, but then he had to step back and looked at the world and said, all the guys that would have a reason to come after me are gone. Right, right. Or, or it's one of those things like, I'm in danger if I try and stay hidden, but if I step out into the bright spotlight, then no one would dare do anything to 
it's yeah. almost the it's almost equivalent. If you're right. so popular, it would be hard to touch him, just as if he was completely hidden in witness protection. I also you know? think he couldn't stand it that all this was going on around him, and he couldn't be a part of it. So he's like, "Fuck it, I'm, I, I have to be the center of all this. I'm going to get out there <laughs> and be Henry Hill. Fuck it." So you know the movie My Blue Heaven yeah. is. Yeah intended to be the comedic sequel of Goodfellas, which came out a month before. Oh, really? So... that close? Yes. Wow. So there's kind of two movies that are, one obviously more closely based on his life than the other, but about him. Yeah, totally. Well, the but the real kicker, Nora Ephron's husband is... Pelleggi. Pelleggi, yeah. Um... So they kind of were both tackling similar subject matter, but yeah, they were the, the whole fish out of water with, you know, Henry in the suburbs was the. Right. Yeah. It's basically taking the final scene where he's standing at the door in the bathrobe, picking up the newspaper is when my blue heaven's supposed to pick up. Yep. Wow. Uh, okay. Oh, to initiate Ray Liotta into the world of mafia movies, De Niro put a fake severed horse head in his trailer at the beginning of the filming. <laughs> Fantastic. Of course. I uh, thought it was kind of a weak joke. Well. Kind of simple. If it would have been real, it would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> or certainly more interesting. You, you're telling me De Niro can't find a real horse head? Yeah, come on. Ray like Liotta's head? A seven, like the other half of the horse. Right. Like just the, the body part. <laughs> Uh, in the final scene of, uh, of the movie, uh, Joe Pesci is uh, shooting a gun directly at the camera. It's in reference to the great train robbery in 1903 silent film. Why? I don't know. An homage of sorts. I always thought I've, that got, was- so, I've got some drink, drink trivia questions. If you, I have two of them, if you'd like to hear them. Yes. Because we were, Brenda and I were talking about that a lot. Yesterday seven, seven. when we were watching it. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, yeah. Jimmy Conway's drink when we first meet him. Seven, seven. And what drink does Tommy ask Spider for when he shoots? Him? Cuddy and water. Yep. Cuddy and water. <laughs> Guys are good. Fucking Spider. And Brendan almost had a heart attack when I think they were drinking a cream de mint. Oh yeah. yeah what, what is the going to prison drink? I was going to ask. I think it was a, green it was so it was yeah. it was super bright Creme green. Mint. yeah uh it was a it was like drinking listerine i don't know now what take it is me to jail yeah no, take me to jail. uh i don't know what that is but i don't want any part yeah. of that drink i don't know what manischewitz is either Indeed. is it like a fortified wine or something i don't know you man. know when they're out to uh they're out for the double date and uh oh, yeah he talks about uh, he'd like Manischewitz, but uh, it wouldn't look good on my table. Or Manischewitz is a you know is a line of kosher food and food and wine and drinks and everything else. Yeah, it's like a good housekeeping seal of appro- approval. Got it. I noticed a lot of uh, Crown Royal throughout yeah. the movie, yeah. Yeah. mostly empty bottles. A lot of, a lot of Crown Royal, a lot of uh, a lot of Cuddy Sark. Cuddy Sark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cutting water. You know what I noticed a lot when I when I rewatched it last week? 
Henry gets slapped a lot by Polly. Like yeah. he's slapping him around all the time. I thought that was like hilarious. Like I didn't remember that till I, I saw it. Every time he's he's got like a one on one with him, he gives him like a, a smack in the face. It's so funny you bring that up because I'm like the next time I watch it, I got to remember to just like tick off the number of times that kid gets slapped in the it's face. It's got to be eight times. Oh, it, it's more than that. Really? I, absolutely, it's at least a dozen times because usually it's like two in a conversation. Like he'll do it at the beginning. And then, like, kind of at the end. Right. Slap. Conversation. Yeah. Slap. Yes. <laughs> That's how I'm going to greet you, Polly. <laughs> the other thing that I, that I got when I was going through that I forgot how, how much I love this character is Tootie. Tootie yeah. is, like, my favorite character. And I, I was going back through all the scenes that Tootie was in, never without a cigar. Cigar. Yeah. Every single scene that you see Tootie. And then I thought at the end you didn't see Tootie anymore, but then he he snuck back in at, at some point, and he was like he didn't look much older than he did at the beginning of the film. Yeah, he, but, uh, he, he's way at the like near the very end. Yeah, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, that's who I thought it was. No, I don't think he may have pulled the trigger. I thought he pulled the trigger. I thought that was Tootie. That yeah, no, I think it was for yeah. for Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Tootie's at the end as well, sitting down. In, uh... I don't think Tootie killed Tommy. I'm almost positive. It's another guy that looks like him, but it's not, uh, it's not Tootie because Tootie's shorter and wider. You prejudiced against Italians? Against, against Italians. Like, shorter like a, than a little guy. <laughs> Pesci's like... He wishes he was big just once. He wishes he was big just once. Sons of bitches. All right, uh, let's move on to casting issues. Casting uh, issues. Yeah, okay. this is just quick hits on how people were cast, if there's anything interesting there, or who was almost cast okay. for Andor. Uh, real quickly, De Niro was just given the roles, from what I can tell. Uh, big shock. Ray Liotta. And I think, wasn't he given a choice between Henry and Jimmy? I didn't. I think see I saw that. that, and he chose chose uh, Jimmy. Ray Liotta auditioned, and he liked him, you know, in the audition and some some previous work he did as well. Uh, Lorraine Bracco did not audition. She had, she did audition for Scorsese's film After Hours five years previous, hmm. and he liked her in that, but he couldn't use her. But he remembered her and said, "I'll oh, you know I'll get you in something eventually." She thought he, he was just blowing her off, and then she got the call to have lunch or dinner with uh, uh, Ray, Leota, and Scorsese. And then that was, she had it. She was given it, basically. Pesci. Scorsese thought Pesci was too old. Or looked too old, at least. <laughs> so Pesci couldn't get the role. Then he had some Hollywood makeup artist, like, make him up to make, look like look younger. And then showed Scorsese, and he's like, yeah. All right, you can have it. You're in. Well, you know, that, that's so funny because in looking into it, Tommy in real life was like a huge strapping, like fit guy. Yeah, he was big. Yeah, I read that. I read that too. I think every, I, no, I Pesci, actually character, up, every Pesci character is like a huge guy. Like I'm sure every <laughs> movie that he stepped up, I mean, he's a little guy. But I'm sure every movie that he presents, he's usually the tough, toughest guy in the movie. He's the toughest well, guy. No, but I, I, Tom or Polly, I went down the uh, rabbit hole looking for Tommy because they said, you know, it was this guy and you clicked through. So I went to like Google images. <laughs> <laughs> so I've seen a ton of pictures of this guy and he was like big. He's like the rock. <laughs> Not quite that big, but big. The rock. 
did I see that Alec Baldwin? Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. So here's who was also almost cast, at least as far as I could find. If you have anything to refute it or add to it, feel free. Henry Hill. These guys were considered in some way uh, to be Henry Hill. Tom Cruise? No. <laughs> yeah. I know. Alec Baldwin. There would have been a lot Penn. of running I Tom know. Cruise was in that movie. There's no motorcycles. <laughs> uh, Sean Penn and Val Kilmer. What? I don't get the Val Kilmer. Sean Penn as Henry Hill in 1990. I don't know. Uh, The only other one I saw for Karen, it was a combo with Henry Hill. Like they wanted these two together, uh, potentially. The the, the studio heads or the studio whoever's wanted wanted these two was uh, Tom Cruise as Henry Hill and Madonna as Karen. What a terrible, what a terrible movie. What a terrible movie. That's why you don't. I couldn't stand him. I thought he was really obnoxious. That would be crazy. One of the things that I saw was that Paul Sorvino was trying to back out on the day before he was set to film or something like that. Mm. And his agent or somebody said, just sleep on it. We think you're the right person. But Paul Sorvino's like, I don't have like the coldness right. of Paul of to play Polly, and too nice a guy. He, too nice a guy, <laughs> and he was kind of pissed that he couldn't get out of it. And got home and he looked in the mirror, and he saw the brooding anger in his own reflection because he was mad about the situation. And he's like, okay, I can play the part. He's quietly, I, I sneakily, very good in this movie. Yeah, yeah, he's good. Uh, okay, people who are almost cast. We did Henry Hill, Karen, Tommy. Uh, hmm. Nope. That, I don't have anything to Tommy. I wrote down Scorsese for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah. that would have been good casting, though. I had Pacino on Jimmy Conway. I yeah, Pacino I did have that, too. Conway, yeah. He turned and he was cons- didn't want to get typecast. Yeah, a little late for that. Yeah. Also for Jimmy Conway was John Malkovich. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And William Peterson from CSI. Yeah. Mm. All right. Now everyone's favorite. Recaster Bates. Better close the door. It's time to recaster bait. I have a lot of problems with this. This was a very stress. This was the most stressful one for me. Uh- I don't even want to participate, really. <laughs> right. I've got a couple good ones, I think, but uh, we're gonna. It was stressful. Focus on the core four, and that's Henry Hill, Tommy DeVito, Jimmy the Gent, and Karen Hill. And then, if you have Wait. some wild others, you know, wild cards or whatever, throw them out there as well. But uh, don't well, worry. we're doing Spider. Yes, of course we are. <laughs> I'm just saying the the main four are the focus uh who wants to go first with henry hill i I had i've got one good one i had trouble with henry hill i've got one but i don't know that i have to go first but i got one all right uh for the listening public who may not listen to every episode uh and i'm talking about like 15 people that listen to this uh this is recasting this old movie with modern day actors so all right, Henry Hill, what do you got? 
All right. So my pick um, was Jack Houston. From oh. he was in um, Boardwalk Empire. He played the guy with the yeah. you know partial face. He is Angelica Houston's son, I think. What's his age? How does he fit? I think he's in his thirties, so yeah. I think it'll work. And he still looks pretty young. That could work. Do they have to be in their twenties, thirties? Because if they are, I think everything I put down was awful. Well, yeah, no, that's. <laughs> I forgot the time shift part. And I talked about this, where you know, it's the movie covers fifteen, at least fifteen years of the adult life of Henry Hill. So the he, actor you you choose should be in the ballpark of the actor they're replacing. I think. Uh, that. Yeah, I, I, that's that's where I'm going to fall short. But Leota was 35, and he played Henry from like age 20 or something. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, I had DiCaprio because that's Scorsese's like go-to guy, and I I was trying to think of somebody that has because it's the voice too. I mean, the, all the narration that uh, Ray Leota does for the the movie is like. Yeah. That's just as important as his uh, his scenes, um, and you got to think of somebody that has sort of that iconic voice. Like, I mean, I don't know if DiCaprio has an iconic voice, but uh, I thought that was probably pretty close to to uh, being able to. DiCaprio's good. I consider he's, him too. He's our age, though, right? Yeah, he's, he's got to be close. Yeah. No. No. I, think, I don't think really. Isn't he? I think like forty-five, maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the time shifts is all off. I thought Chris Pine might be able to do it. Pine? Chris Pine? Pine? Excuse me, Chris Pine, yeah. The Star Trek one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chris Pine. The other person I had, and it's so ridiculous, but for Henry Hill, for Henry Hill was Adam Driver. No way. Yeah. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> Playing the quiet, kind of the quiet guy, but can harness the anger. I've got two, and I don't, I'm not sold on either one of them. So I'm just going to throw it out there because I think I have little faith in my own choices. <laughs> uh, so using the Great. Boardwalk Empire uh, as the kickoff uh, with right. you, I go with Michael Pitt for uh, Ray Liotta. Who's Michael Pitt? Which is the early main guy of Boardwalk Empire, the, the young kid, uh, Jimmy Dormady. Oh, the blonde kid? The blonde kid, yeah. Uh, With the peaky blinders. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or I thought maybe uh, James McAvoy doing American accent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, maybe. I, maybe. I think they both kind of fall yeah. flat. I got nothing for Henry Hill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody else have anything for that, or do we move on to Tommy? All right, Tommy did. Move on. Tommy, <laughs> Rob Nash. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm looking at my answers here and I'm laughing because I clearly was influenced by the, you know, point made that real life Tommy was fit and bigger. Cracking <laughs> <laughs> myself up here. Uh, because I'm following I, your, I'm following your lead. I think on this. <laughs> we might have the same ridiculous guy here. I have Chris Hemsworth. Whoa. Not as funny, or Jason Moma, or Harry. That's who do I have? Jason Moma. <laughs> Aquaman. Oh, uh, Sicilian. 
Aquaman and Thor playing Tommy Tango? <laughs> it sounds even more ridiculous when you say it. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, I, I thought, I mean, it would, I don't think anyone could be like on their feet funny like he was. Oh, no, 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 no. So I, I, I was just trying to think imposing. I don't know. It's kind of a, I have a, I have a real question about Tommy in one scene though, after we go through the whole cast. All right. I'm going to throw mine out because I just okay. want to just change it up. Uh, I've got two. I kind of like him equally. Uh, Jeremy Strong from Succession. Oh, uh huh. I think he could be a good Tommy. He's kind of got that yeah. edge to him. Yeah, I like that. Kind of a little guy. I don't know how small. Yeah. Uh, here's one that he's not as little. He might be too old, but maybe we can use that uh, de-aging technology from the Irishman. Uh, Bobby Cannavale. Oh, that's who I had. I think that's. <laughs> yeah. I had him. I had him too. Um, I also put in... He's at least Italian. I put in the obligatory Tom Hardy here. Mm. Um, <laughs> Got to fit somewhere. <laughs> the other, I and it's a place. totally different angle, but I think he could do it, is Paul Giamatti. Oh, uh, you got to de-age and yeah. de-everything. I know, on. I know. Oh, yeah. That is a time machine right there. I know, I know. But they you know I, who I, I mean, no, the, I know, the, I know. in real life, it was... 21 or whatever yeah. he was so for reference uh at in at the time of shooting the movie or when it came out ray liotta was 35 de niro was 47 pesci was 47 sorvino was only 51 i thought he, he looked older i mean he was grayed up a little bit uh and lorraine Bracco was 36 so that's kind of mm. over so 35 okay. to 45 all right, well, so, hey, wait, can I go back to, oh, wait, no, we haven't done Jimmy yet, sorry. We got to do Jimmy, yeah, if you want to start with Jimmy, go ahead. Wait, let me let me sneak in the, uh, for, yeah. for Tommy, on the comedian side, I go Sebastian Maniscalco, since he's on fire <laughs> lately, that's, that's, that's my Tommy. I like him in this movie somewhere, for sure. I, I didn't put him down anywhere, but, yeah, we got to go with Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. That Italian, uh, yeah. Um, uh, his, dad was, his dad was a uh, cut hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I love that. That's the fun fact I remember. Yeah. But I remember a part of the stand up. That's why he was in the Irishman. Actually. Okay. Uh, who wants to go for for Jimmy? Jimmy to Jen. I've got a couple. Go ahead. All right. So I'm gonna go kind of my least to favorite on this i had um oscar isaac oh i actually kind of like that one i had colin farrell i had colin farrell i think he was my. i had colin farrell he was my <laughs> my leader in the clubhouse i was i was go- i was leaning into the yeah, irish as opposed to the italian dark um yeah swarthy um but i had justin thoreau as justin thoreau. oh oh um, kind of my top pick yeah, for uh, Jimmy. Jimmy the gent. I think he could uh, do it. I had Colin Farrell and I had two others that I really don't even want to mention. So. <laughs> 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 well, now you really have to say it. Well, I'll mention it because it's funny because of who we've said in the past for other episodes of the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, I had Ryan Gosling and I had Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I wrote Bradley Cooper <laughs> for the question mark, having not to say it. <laughs> I've said both those names in every podcast we've done. 
Uh, yes, you have. Um, I thought one comedian that, uh, not from Saturday Night Live, but, but from uh, his movie this summer, Bill Burr, I thought he might be able to pull off Jimmy. Oh, yeah. And then another kind of strange one, right. but um, I don't even know how you say his last name. Holt McCallanelli? He's um, Agent Trench on Mindhunter. Oh, oh. The kind of square-jawed guy. I like him, but he, I mean... He's the older guy? We're getting in the Wayback Machine for that guy. Yeah. No, well, yes, he's a, he's a little old, little older. But, I mean, it can't be much more than 45. Oh, I bet he's... I'll, I'll give him 53. Look <laughs> <it> up. <laughs> All right. All right. He might, he might be on the uh, older side. Could Christian Bale pull it off? Too old. He's too old. Yeah. We are getting fast and loose with the uh, age, though. So whatever. Um, did you have a Jimmy the Gent, Polly? I had Christian Bale. I've got Miles Teller somewhere. I don't know where I want to put him, but he seems to be a, a guy that uh, I want to get into the movie somehow. He's circling. The roast beef guy. Oh. How about he could be uh, Jimmy two times. Get the papers, get the papers. Papers. Frankie two times. Uh, all right. Karen Hill. What do we have for that? Can we go first? I have a few. A few. Um, I, have, I really want. It was hard. Um, I have uh, Nikki Reed, most well known from the Twilight movies, but she's right. actually got dark hair. She has, I don't know, she yeah. kind of looks apart. Maggie Gyllenhaal mm. for Karen. That, at least I know her. I, I don't. I don't know. And this is a wild card, but I kind of like it. Oh, and it is. I like wild cards. And it's very funny because of uh, something that was said earlier, and that is Lady Gaga. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 I'm not even going to participate. I'm ceding this to Allison. <laughs> that's a gra- I think that's a great take. Lady Gaga as Karen. I think it's great. If you haven't, if you no, haven't seen, um, I've seen enough of it. I, no, I'm, I'm thinking I like it. I think she could. I think she could pull it off really well. I think Elizabeth Banks is a little too old, but she, for some reason, I thought she could do it too. Yeah, I only had one here, and it was, uh, you know, that movie Palm Springs that was on Netflix from. Oh Netflix. yeah, yeah. Uh, Kristen Milioti from that movie. Oh, yeah. I thought she could be a good Karen. Yeah, she could. That's a good one. Zoe Deschanel might be able to do it. I thought so. She'd have to get a little more crazy, though. Yeah. yeah. Her, She's going to have to have some... And little- have the right underwear to hold a nickel-plated deuce-a-deuce. <laughs> All right. Now, here's where I get crazy... We'll get to Spider in a second, but I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw out what I have for Paul Cicero, Billy Bats, and Tommy's mom. Wow. I had those on my list. Just a wild Tommy's mom better be Kate Upton. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Hilarious. 
So this is where I started taking the people that are actually in the movie and just shifting them to older roles. Right. <laughs> uh, Paul Cicero, Robert De Niro. I want De Niro to play Polly. Uh, I want Billy Bats to possibly be played by Ray Liotta. Oh, that's like, I like that for a couple reasons. Or my go-to for the sake of this podcast is I want Billy Bats to be played by Tom Hardy. I want Tom Hardy to get his ass kicked. He would like to tell Tommy to get his And then for Tommy's mom, which is Scorsese's mom, I want Martin Scorsese playing his own mom. (laughs) 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 He has the the gray hair. He can do it with the eyebrows and everything. Yeah. Oh, my God. So those are my wild cards. Maybe Rudy Giuliani could play his mom. (laughs) (laughs) For for Polly, I had three different possibilities. They're all slightly different takes on it. I had Alfred Molina. Oh yeah. Um, I had. I don't Mark. know who that is. He was. He's been in so many things. Um, What's uh, uh, he was the villain in the Sp- second Spider-Man movie, Bob right? Hawk in Spider-Man. What's he's the been in. Movie? Some Hayek movie. Where she has the unibrow. She's the artist. Oh, the Frida. Frida. She's she, in that. Yeah, he was in Chocolat. He was. He just look him up. You know him. He's been oh. in movies. He's a character. Chocolat. I know. Play any race, really. Yeah. Got it. Um, I put, nationality. I've got Mark Ruffalo as Polly. As Polly. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. It's a stretch, I That's know. Stretch. And then the other one that I think is kind of funny, but I think maybe could do it, is John Favreau. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Actually, you <laughs> think of uh, um, Vince, Vince Vaughn. I think Vince could be a Jimmy. Oh, he totally could. Little, he's just over the age line, but fuck it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, this may be just a comment on their weight or their ability to gain weight, but I thought both Russell Crowe <laughs> and uh, Gerard Butler could play Polly. It's so I consider both of them, Rob. The same person. Yeah. They are the same. They person. are the same. I also think Jonah Hill could pull it off. Could pull off Paul Cicero? Yeah, you gotta just <laughs> make him look a little bit older, but he's got that like a little stare. bit. Yeah. <laughs> so so go ahead. I've got um a couple of smaller parts for Lois. Do some smaller ones. We we're gonna finish up with Spider. Okay. Um Lois, the um one that was she uh, did all the drug running between yeah. Philadelphia and oh, Wow. Um, I like it though. Natasha Leone. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's getting out there. But Maury. Oh, I should be said that on Maury. 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 Charlie Day. Yes, Charlie Day. <laughs> oh, that, well. Tell me I'm wrong. Tom Hardy. As Maury, <laughs> Charlie Day. If he's going to be in Goodfellas, it's it's Maury. Yeah, Charlie Day as Frenchie. 
Oh my god. I had a lot of people that like I just saw them as actors and I just wrote down like they'll be in the movie somewhere, but I didn't know where. Yeah. Uh Nash, what do you have for Spider? Well, Allison stole my thunder, but I thought, of course, with a little, you know, de-aging Charlie Day could play Spider. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I might have the perfect Spider, though. Oh, I'll wait till the go last. But. I have one. I think he works, but I would never call this guy perfect. I, I don't even know who he is. Uh, Joe Keery, which if you've seen the movie Molly's Game, he plays like the sort of trust fund kid uh, who gets caught. Uh, stealing in her poker game. He's my go-to guy on a lot of things. Yeah, I totally What agree. else he's in, but he's yeah. in there. Yeah. He's kind of a dopey kid who can play Spider. Yeah. Um, I have uh, John Majano, I think. He's in Orange is the New Black. He plays Morna's husband. For those of you that have watched Orange is the New Black. <laughs> Polly's in that face group, Facebook uh, group, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> I knew it. I knew I was I'm looking it up right now. He's the uh, director of the fan club. All right, Paulie. I, he's, he's I had Beckinsale as Karen because I just need to see her on everything all the time. And for Spider, I have a little person, little famous guy called Lynn Manuel Miranda. Hello. Oh, <laughs> Wow. That might be the yeah. most insane thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the insane part confidence behind it. He can do it all. Oh, my goodness. It's for real. When, when Tommy tells him to dance, it's for real. Yeah. Dance for those three. No, wait. He is, he is a triple threat. Right? He's an award-winning Broadway play for those drinks, Spider. <laughs> hey, hey, Lynn! It's your agent. Good news. They want you to be uh, cast in the the, the re, you know remake of Goodfellas. Oh, he's like, oh wow, Jimmy, Henry, Tommy. No, Spider. Spider. <laughs> 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 uh, I did not see that one, John. Oh my god, I was not expecting that. You win, Paulie. Uh, Thank you. You <laughs> set match for Polly. <laughs> I do want to have. I, I had one. Uh, sorry, I should uh, forget. Uh, the uh, I can't remember who two times it is. Whatever the first name is, Frankie two times or whatever. I feel like that's a Jason Schwartzman. Oh, that's a good one. Huh? He's he's good. Uh, oh, who who can name every guy in that scene? Do you know the whole? Running of every, no. you can probably get maybe ninety percent of them. I wrote down everybody that's in there. Frankie, you want to hear him or? Yeah, Frankie. Yep, Anthony Stabile. You'd miss that one. Frankie Carbone, Mo Black's brother, Fat Andy, <laughs> Freddie the Wop, or Frankie the Wop, Freddie No Nose, Pete the Killer, another good one. Sally Balls, yeah. Mickey Eyes, Mickey Franchese, and Jimmy Two Times. <laughs> get the papers get the papers Mickey eyes makes me think of Mo Green yeah oh every time 
every time. He looks like that guy. All right, that's the end of part one. If you want to stick around and listen to the exciting conclusion of part two, uh, check out Goodfellas part two. Thank you.